Welcome back to Watered Wednesdays. It's Catherine here. Hey, I am Allie, and my voice sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a guest with us today. Um, Allie, why don't you introduce her? Yeah, so in, uh, in, your, in your earbuds today, you will have the voice of Miss Christina. Hello, Christina, would you like to say hello? Hello, everybody. So good yeah. to be here. <laughs> yes, welcome. Uh, so we know Christina um, through Woodside Detroit, the church that we all go to. Um, I think we've both served on like women's leadership, like all, all, both by both, I mean, all three of us. We've all done that um, together for, you know, a handful of years on and off. It kind of feels like, right, <laughs> for all of us. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think that's how we kind of all met. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And <clears throat> Christina, I feel like some of my first memories of you, like, I can't, well, I think I did know you at this time, but like when you have danced at church, like on stage, like that's when I, um, like I definitely started like recognizing you from that, which I thought was really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love to dance. So I hear that that's a good background for both of you as well, that we have something else in common with, with dancing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I I know we wanted to talk about that at some point too. So I think that is like unique that all three of us like love dancing and have danced. And Mm -hmm. honestly, that's how I came to know Jesus is like through dance. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yes. I like saw um, a woman do like interpretive dance when I was like 11 years old. And like sermons just did nothing for me when I was younger until I saw some like like dance through ministry. And I was like, oh yeah, now I get it. Like through the songs, through the lyrics, through the movement, I understand what, you know, Jesus is talking about or what God is talking about. So yeah. (laughs) Wow. That just gave me chills. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) That's really special, I feel like. Yeah. Well, hey, that segues really nicely into our first question, which is, you know, when did you start first identifying? So we kind of know how, but like, when was that? Um, And like, yeah, like, just tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, of course. So um, honestly, I was born and raised in a Christian home. Um, My mom has always gone to church. Um, My dad, he was incarcerated pretty much most of my life. So it was just my mom and my uh, sisters and brothers but um, she just decided to not go to church anymore. And I knew something inside of me, like I just wanted to keep going. I didn't know why, I just was like, I need to keep going. I like going to church and you know, I like meeting my friends and stuff like that. So I actually just started like spending the night over my aunt's house on the weekends and I knew she would go to church. So at a really young age, I didn't understand why, but I just always wanted to go and like fast forward um, just me being on the dance ministry and stuff like that and seeing that interpretive dance is what made me just grow closer into Jesus. And then, um, like I said, I was about 12 years old and I decided to make my own dance ministry at the church I used to go to at Covenant Foursquare Church. And by the time I was like 15 or 16, I was running our youth ministry doing praise dance. So Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of gave me that accountability for kids like looking up to me to just have a standard and, you know, just just walk the way Christ did. 
So that's really like how it all started, just going on those weekend visits to my aunt's house and going to church. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. <clears throat> um, Christina, you've talked a little bit uh, just like in our conversations about um, like I'm trying to remember the story that you told, but it was about um, like, did you recite scripture in some of your early dance classes or you had a teacher that was really important? influential for your like shaping I'm trying to remember okay so yeah so also not only was I in church I was actually in a um dance group called DFC and it was called yeah. for Christ and we would go we would travel different states we would travel from church to church here in Detroit and minister uh through like mime and hip-hop and stuff like that. And so, yes, my teacher, she constantly had us like memorizing scripture. Uh, one was definitely Proverbs, uh, which, which is the one I still use, Proverbs 317, her ways are pleasant ways and all of her paths are peace. But we, um, we would just always be in a group of just kids. I think I was like, it was like 12 to 15. So it was just really nice to be connected with kids who had the same love as I did and to praise God the same way that I did. So you don't feel like left out or weird or uncomfortable about it. So yeah, between church and that dance ministry, it truly built me up. So yeah, what a sweet foundation. And um, I think, okay, I remember now what you said was like the accountability, I think that the teacher had for you to be like examples, right? Mm -hmm. Like you really have to live out your faith because people are watching you, not only when you're on stage, but like in real life too. Right, right. Yeah, that like mm -hmm. stuck with me. I've been, I mean, I know I like couldn't put words at it, but I was like, there's something in there. And it was yeah. really good. <laughs> yes, at an early age, you know, like I thought that was really cool that we, we were uh, taught discipline like that very early to know that like somebody is always watching, even if you don't think they are, somebody is always taking note on what you do. And it can be positive or it could be negative. So just, make sure you watching yourself you know so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah definitely um so Catherine tell us about when you danced or like because right like yeah um so I did I started dancing when I was like I don't know maybe young I guess four <laughs> or five <laughs> yeah I've kind of always been taking classes and then I signed up for a studio um in second grade and I did it with all my friends and it was the best time ever. I just loved um, my teacher and we did competitions. So we would go to competitions and um, I danced all the time. I mean, it was like three or four times a week at least after school, wow. just going to classes like ballet, tap, whatever. Um, and it was kind of funny because my teacher, it wasn't like a Christian dance school or anything. Um, but looking back on it, I kind of, I feel like it's really cool. My um, instructor, she picked a lot of Christian songs. Um, so we did like a, a dance all about like the crucifixion and like, it just kind of walked through the gospel and like why Jesus had to die. And we did like a whole dance to it. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I wasn't like my, um, dance wasn't always like ministry related, but I always felt like spiritually connected through dance. Um, particularly with the songs that were like Christian songs. And so, 
um, yeah, I just think movement is so, Mm -hmm. it's such a good release and a good connecting point for even just like connecting back to your emotions. And I think spiritually too, when you can kind of learn how that all goes and connects with each other. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Allie, what about you? Um, so I remember that I danced when I was younger. The first recital I did was to Pink Elephants from Dumbo. Cute little pink tutu and everything. Um, eventually, yeah, I did do some competitions. Um, I think it was a, what was it? I don't know. It must have been jazz, but we did one to Bare Necessities and we like won some awards for that. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it, uh, being a nat, like a performer myself, I enjoy the stage. I'm not like, you know, afraid of it or not afraid to be up on stage talking or things like that. So, um, yeah, my little heart loved it. There came a point in my life where I had to choose between, um, dance and like t-ball softball and I chose softball, but I often reflect, reflect back and think, what if I would have, you know, made the other decision and, you know, decided to to continue dancing, but yeah, I I always I mean I still dance in my kitchen or you know yeah. I don't need classes, <laughs> but yeah exactly yeah well before we transition off of the dance conversation, Christina, do you want to tell us a little bit about like your dance school and your role as a teacher currently? Yes. So um, speaking of like just having a Christian dance group, it's very rare. It's so rare where you get like a dance studio that is all about Christ and somehow just God, um, just, he, he made it work. So right before I was at the dance school that I'm at right now, I decided to do like a free dance session um, downtown Detroit for kids who just could not afford to go to classes and stuff like that and just to have an outlet and um, I was offered this free space and everything. And after a month into it, the building was sold. So we didn't have that space anymore. So I had posted uh, the choreography that we did for that month. And a woman that I was connected with years ago, she owns a dance studio and it's called T-Bop. And that's uh, um, the body of praise. And she's like, hey, I got to get you in the studio and I need you. The kids will love you and everything like that. And she actually did praise dance and praise rap and stuff like that. And the dance group that I used to be in used to collaborate with her all the time. So it was just funny how that worked out. And um, we met up and I started working there about August of last year. And so, yeah, we actually recording our um, recital this Saturday because of the quarantine. We couldn't have a big group of people. So we just have to do a recording. But we do scripture with the kids. We do confessions about God with the kids. Um, We just want them to know that like, it's not about us personally, it's all about Jesus. We know how much Jesus loves ministry and praise and worship and anything performing arts. So that's what that that studio is all about. So I am so happy to have been there and have met Tavia, that's her name, who owns the studio. And the kids are so funny. They're so fun and so funny, so. Oh my gosh. This sounds so cool. I wish that I didn't feel like my schedule was already so full because I would totally like love to see what it would be like to be a part of something like that. That sounds so awesome. <laughs> In the future, if you choose to, I do adult classes too. So come on through. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, definitely at some point 
Yeah. Once this baby comes out of me yeah. and uh, life returns <laughs> to some sort of normalcy. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good exercise too. <laughs> so, you know. Um, okay. Well, so transitioning again. Um, I'm kind of tessellating. That's not a word. Oscillating between two questions. Um, so the, the big question we have, Christina, is what challenges have you faced in your life and how has your faith played a role in it? But I also would love for like the end of that to answer be like about you coming to Woodside Detroit. So like maybe when you tell that story, just kind of like incorporate how you got to the church as well. Because it ties in. So it's perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is crazy because um, one of my biggest challenges um, for people who do not know, I am a mom of two and I'm a single mom. So um, just being pregnant definitely have had to be the hardest challenge for me, mainly because my first child came, like I said, I was in, in church and I was one of the lead ministry uh, leaders in the ministry. And so I knew I had kids looking up to me and I had just had my first boyfriend and we were together for years and you know just my I poured so much into that relationship and I ended up pregnant after I'm just gonna be honest with y'all as of my first time so can you imagine how and scary that was for me but I'm just one of those kids uh well not kids I was 21 but I was just one of those people um who I'm just very honest I don't like to hold anything in so immediately when I found out I called my pastor crying and weeping and I made the decision to come up to the church and just tell what had happened and just having a child out of wedlock and I was just so hard on myself during that time but God had already was just like I've already forgiven you before you've forgiven yourself and then the church was just so supportive and wrapping um, their arms around me I, I just went through a lot like I thought about suicide at the time because I was so scared. I thought Jesus hated me because of what I did. So I just, I went through a lot of mess. And um, a year later, my church um, had closed down. So then I really felt like I lost all accountability. I had nobody to talk to or discuss these things. So I went in an even darker place, which is when I ended up pregnant the second time. So um, I'm, you know, I'm one of those people who I love Jesus, I love God, but I definitely have cursed at him and I've yelled and I've been angry during that time. Um, but I was pregnant with my son when one of my coworkers at the time was passing out flyers to Woodside, Detroit, mm-hmm. and she passed me one. And I'm like, I'm not going to that church. It's downtown. I work downtown. <laughs> I don't want to see downtown. Um, but it was just like God was kind of like, you don't have to be a Christian anymore. You don't have to choose me, but I gave you two kids and they're going to be Christians. So you can be left behind or you can take them. And I was just, I remember being so convicted and being so afraid, like just because I'm making this decision doesn't mean they have to, you know, go down that same road. So I ended up taking my daughter at the time she was two. And uh, I was like only a month um, pregnant with my son we went to church and it was just, I think it was a new year service. 
and it was one of the most beautiful uh, services. And my daughter, she went in the back in the kids ministry. And when I went to go pick her up, she goes, mommy, I like this church. I, I like the teachers. And I said, well, if my two-year-old said we're saying, we're saying. So <laughs> that's basically what happened. Um, and just so many people at our church, they just had their arms open wide to just be so accepting and loving, like even our pastor Tim was just like, we, you know, we don't care, you know, that you're pregnant out of wedlock and you have a baby on the way. We love you and we love him already, you know, so he's six and he's six now. So it's been almost seven years since we've been at Woodside. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So, um, so you mentioned that like you started going to church again for your kids because you felt compelled that like you know, you didn't want to take away that relationship with God that they could have. So what was the turning point that kind of like brought you back to the Lord, like in your heart? What did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, just continuing to go and being consistent. Like, I don't think I ever missed a Sunday. I was afraid. Like I had fear of God. (laughs) Like I was just like, when he said that, like, I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to miss out on the blessings that I know, like I've seen previously, just because I made a bad decision or I've sinned previously, I was forgiven and you gave me two blessings out of it, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, I just remember just going to service and every single time, I don't know if you guys have ever felt that every time you go to service, it's like, man, is the pastor talking to me personally, (laughs) just me by myself? And that's, Every time I went, that's the feeling that I kept getting. Like it was just conviction and Jesus just pushing me closer and closer to just build that relationship that I once had. Like I've always been in prayer. I've always prayed for discernment. I've always just prayed for love and positivity. I've kept those uh, scriptures with me. So it's like you, like um, it's that saying like, you know, people can teach you things and you may stray away, but you always return back home, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. lost, like the prodigal child or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a testament to the foundation that you had prior because, you know, had you not had that foundation, it may have been a harder road um, getting to that point, but because you had such a strong foundation and such great people that poured into you earlier on, it was easy, probably easier for you to come back. Like you said, not easier. That's a bad word, but, um, just it allowed you to come back. Yeah. Right. Like I knew, I felt like God was already preserving me the moment he put in my heart to just continue to go to church. Even when my parents stopped, you know, like stuff like that. I'm like, wow, why did that happen? What was the reason for all of that? But there, there was a reason that he said, Hey, keep going. And at the time at 11, I didn't know what that meant. I just was like, mm, this seems fun. Let me, <laughs> let me go. So, yeah. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your story too, Christina, because I feel like, um, I'm sure a lot of people find themselves in that boat too, where they just feel far away from God and maybe they once felt close to him. And I think that's probably so encouraging for people to hear that you can come back anytime yeah. and he forgives us and embraces us and accepts us yeah thank you thank you yeah that's good yeah and I like that you touched on like you know the blessings of your children too like you know he he does give good gifts and it just kind of takes us wrapping our minds around how and you know 
things like that. So, um, well, so you mentioned being at Woodside Detroit for like a handful of years now. I mean, you're pretty active in um, like ministry and leadership and, you know, you mentioned dance and stuff like that. So do you want to talk a little bit about like your role or your voice in either the women's ministry or church overall or just kind of some things that you've got going on with church? Yeah. So, ooh, immediately, like I jumped into ministry just because like that's that's just my comfort zone just to serve and help and love on other people um so the first ministry I jumped into was kids ministry I kind of felt like hey I got two kids back there I should be (laughs) I should be back there helping in some way so I told them I'm like I could take any age except for my kids age (laughs) because your kids just don't act right sometimes when you're around but they're like you need to be with that age you do better (laughs) so I work with the um the toddlers you know basically the ages two to five two to six something like that and I tell people all the time so you got the older kids who are um very talkative or you can have the babies who are very busy but with toddlers Oh, you get both. You get the busy <laughs> and you get the talkative one. So that's definitely the hardest, but really fun, really fun. So I love working with the kids um, in the ministry. And um, I do love the sisterhood ministry that I've been on for, I think it's been about three years now. It's been a few years. And um, when they called me on to be in sisterhood leadership, they were looking for some diversity and just someone to, someone to bring different things to the table. And honestly, at the time, it was only one black person, which is, you know, it was predominantly white, which is fine, but it's just like our church is such a, um, a, a melting pot, you know, just so many people. Mm-hmm. So I think it did need to be a little bit more diverse, which is cool. But my main thing is I love women. I love women so much. Um, I'm all about women empowerment and just loving on one another because the world brings them down so much. We have that stigma of women are catty and women are mean. And I hate to hear that because I'm like, I've never been like that. I've never been you know, evil or mean or vindictive to people. Like I had a lot of guy best friends when I was younger, but I love my girl best friends as well. So that's what I just wanted to bring, like just somebody that's soft and loving to everybody you know and just showing people that we can lift each other up without tearing each other down so I really love being in sisterhood ministry Mm, yeah yeah it's been fun to um to serve there with you and just like you know watch you grow and just see how more confident you've become in your own voice I think over the last few years um and I think that that happens in any ministry you kind of you're more reserved in the beginning like hmm, what's this about but um I just I just love that about you you're just like "Mm -hmm, this is this is you know like you said you're honest you're like this is how this is and this is what you know this is what I think this should look like and I really appreciate that about you yeah and I think too Christina like I um I was on sisterhood only for a little bit um but the time that I was there I just you were so kind and like just one of the warmest hearts, like mm-hmm. <laughs> anytime, like you just were so good at embracing people. And like, I think I was almost like taken aback by like your friendliness and kindness. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, like I just wasn't expecting it. Cause sometimes when I meet new people, like there's like that little initial, like you got to get comfortable type of a thing, but you're just so warm immediately. And like, I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. 
I think that that's always been just my motto in what you said, Catherine, I don't like to be uncomfortable. So whatever I can do to make this less uncomfortable, I'm going to do it. I'm going to reach out and say, hey, how are you? What's your name? Maybe we can find something in common because everybody has been in that space of just like walking into a room and not knowing, you know, people and and some people just may be introverts and I'm an extrovert with some introvert tendencies, but you know, mm-hmm. I just love people and I don't like to be uncomfortable. So I try to beat it before, you know, before the <laughs> awkwardness comes in. Before it can set in, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna get in front of that. <laughs> it's a good quality. Af- yeah, and you're not afraid to even be silly sometimes, you yeah. know, like it's it's just it's fun. I just you're great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so you did mention, um, like, the diversity, um, you know, the multicultural, um, our church and stuff like that. So um, there has been a lot going on in our world in 2020. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, your voice, your role, things like that? Um, and I know you went to a, a protest a couple weeks ago, if you want to talk about that. We'd just love to hear. Yeah. It's different. It's a different life experience, and we'd love to hear about it. Right, right. For your people who don't know, I am black. Yes, <laughs> I am, and it's been it's been quite interesting, especially I've because I've had so many converse, conversations with so many different friends, black, white, Asian, Indian, you know, just so many different people. And the first thing that they ask me is, "How do you talk to your kids about it?" Um, mm. The just the black oppression and the systematic racism and stuff that's been going on. And to top it off with a quarantine, you know, mixed in, it's just, it's really hard. And um, my first thing is just like any other parent who's like raising a mixed child, I don't know what to say to my kids right now because all they have known is a mixture of people. Like I have friends that are white and my kids are like, hey, auntie, you know, they don't know any difference because they only know love, you know, they've never known the difference of of, uh, skin color or anything like that, because I never taught them that. So part of me is like, ooh, what, what can I teach them? Because I know that it's out there and I've actually experienced it, but even myself, maybe I was oblivious, but I haven't experienced racism. I didn't experience it until I was like 20 years old. So I was older, you know, when I actually felt it, but I just, I just keep seeing so many things on social media. I actually just got off of a two week just break from social media just to kind of clear my mind and meditate and be in prayer um, Mm. about what Jesus wants me to do. You know, what, how do you want me to respond and to all of this? Because everybody's got their opinions and you can never just, you know, you can't just please everybody. So the first thing that came to mind was going to a protest. You know, I've signed petitions and I've, talked about it on social media and I specifically did it because I have a son you know I all blacks go through a lot of stuff but men typically go through it a lot more and just to know that I have a son who's young right now who's so sweet and so cuddly he will be a threat one day and what age will he become that threat Um, but then a friend reminded me that we should be thinking like if this was anybody's son, or if this was any man or any person, it shouldn't just be personal, you know, and I felt that I was like, that is so true. If it was anybody in this world going through something, it should hurt us, you know, because we're human, we're all human. So I went to this protest, 
a few weeks ago called Sanctity of Black Lives. And it's just, it was just talking about how sacred Black lives are, how loving they are, and that we are human, that we are just, we are people. All of our blood is red. We are all children of God. And what was so nice about it is just seeing the diversity out there, marching and walking for Black people. And my favorite part was I didn't see too many phones out. You know, it wasn't like people were trying to get it on social media, take pictures and say, hey, I'm with Black people or something. It was just sincere love, you know, like it was love, like they were constantly looking forward and chanting. And then you had people um, in their cars pump, bumping their horns to just be in agreement. Even business trucks, you know, were out there beeping their horns. So that was cool. Um, at the end, a pastor just kind of prayed over everybody and just reminded us that this march is, it doesn't stop here. We have to continue to use our voice and speak. And we did some praise and worship at the end just to just like close it off and knowing that like Jesus is the answer. Like no matter what, we fall back on God. And um, even at one point, when I was chanting, I felt so uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm not used to just yelling, Black Lives Matter, like extra loud in the middle of a street somewhere. <laughs> but then at some point, it turned like, no, do not be ashamed of screaming out that your life matters and other people's lives matter. Because if it was the other way around, you would be fighting hard just like that right now. So mm -hmm. it was so, it was just so nice. It was so nice. It was peaceful. There weren't any fights or arguments like the police, there were police supporting us as well on the side. So it was just a great experience for me, at least. Wow, that sounds great. That was in Detroit? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I love what you said too about how like you just felt like a calmness and a peace that like this is important and it's like nothing like you should do it. Like you don't need to feel uncomfortable. And I love that you said that you felt like Jesus is the answer to, um, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, it's so easy to turn to other, um, like other support that we think might help, but to know that Jesus ultimately is in charge and in control and like the one who can change things. Like, I think that's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I like what you said too about like if the, you know, the shoe was on the other side of the tables were turned, like you'd be doing the same thing, like out of like justice and like yeah. that's what's right and that's what's, you know, that's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. Right. I also really love that it, and this is just an observation, you know, the sanctity of Black lives or, you know, your dance class, whether it was teaching or, uh, you know, being a student. I love that it seems like the things you seek out have such like a faith uh root you know what I mean like it's just like you find good stuff yeah. the goodness the good you know that's that's God you know amen amen that's awesome yeah um, thanks for taking go ahead Oh, sorry. I was going to say just thanks for taking the time to, to share because um, Allie and I, like our whole platform here with our podcast is we just want to hear people's stories and perspectives. And we know we all have different experiences and um, different things that have led us to our faith. And um, we just, yeah, we wanted to hear your story and your experience and just hear um, the encouragement that we could gather from that too. So thanks for sharing everything that you've shared. 
you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun, like seriously. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I love thank it. Thank you both for having me. I love you both. Miss hugging and touching and seeing everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I good. Know. Hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It'll yeah. be in the next couple weeks. <laughs> That's all I've been doing pretty much is <laughs> prayer, prayer, prayer. You know, when you don't have anything else to do, you, you just kind of rely on just a relationship, you know, building a relationship with God right now. Because I know this is a tough time for a lot of people, but it's just, it's been a blessing for me. And I, you know, I sometimes I hate to say it loud, but sometimes you cannot hide a blessing, you know, from God. And it's, like I said, I've gotten more rest. I've gotten more time to spend with my kids and, and just be in the Word some more. And it's, it feels good. It really does. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, so as we're wrapping up, do you have any like thoughts or final, uh, you know, minutes of encouragement just for our listeners? Yeah. So I'll, you know, I would just say like, I'll just reiterate, just continue to pray, continue to read and meditate because I know like this time during quarantine, it's been really hard between the systematic racism and everything just going on, trying to divide us. It's been really, really hard, but please just, just trust and have faith in the Lord. And I'm telling you right now, he will bring safety and protection and love, and he will provide for you in ways that you never would expect it. So that's what he's been doing for me and my family. And I've been reading in a book um, a lot, and it's just been talking about wisdom and understanding. Pray for wisdom and understanding. It's it's sweeter than silver and gold. That's what the Lord says. Wisdom and understanding is sweeter than gold. And it's sweeter than any materialistic thing that we can get from this world. So just hold on to that and you'll be all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Awesome. Good stuff, Catherine. You want to wrap us up? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, thanks, Christina, for joining us. This has been great. Like we said, can't wait to see you soon at church and give hugs. And um, yeah, everyone enjoy your day. Enjoy your week, listeners. And we will see you next time on Watered Wednesdays. Stay watered. Love you guys. Love you. (laughs) Bye. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. 
I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.